and we're live. We're live. Yep. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Real Investing Show. I am Stephen Earp, and my co-host is the great Taylor Davis. So, Taylor, good to see you, man. Good to we, see you. Uh, How are you doing, man? I'm good. We took a couple of weeks off just uh, travel and vacation and various things like that. But uh, but here we are again recording. And so, yeah, good to see you. So why don't you tell our folks like what kind of stuff we talk about here on The Real Investing Show? What do we talk about? We talk about all sorts of real estate investing, uh, different strategies, whether you're starting off, you're a passive investor, you're growing into a more advanced investor, uh, and and we're always looking for the the next best thing and and to stay ahead of the game and and invest in in uh, an industry that that makes more millionaires than any other industry. Sounds great. I love it, man. I love investing in real estate so much, and I love helping others get involved in real estate. But today, uh, I'm going to put here. By the way, guys, if you're watching whatever uh, platform you're watching on, if you're watching us live. Uh, please put your uh, name and where you're from. Tell us who you are and where you're from in the comments. And uh, if you're listening on replay, if you're listening on the podcast, Spotify or Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, jump over to like YouTube and give us a comment or or Facebook and give us a comment, something like that. But uh, but just let us know and let and send us your questions about real estate investing, anything we can answer about uh, rehabbing houses or flipping houses or investing in any way. Uh, passive investing. Let us know how we can help you in your. Yeah, we want to hear your questions because for sure. Because if you've got that question, there's someone else out there that does too. And sometimes we actually forget to talk about the more basic things. Um, right. You, you get you get around it so much, or you say things, you talk about certain terms so much that you forget that not everyone knows that, and we need to make that a little bit more basic. So uh, we'd love to hear more from you guys. Yeah. So. Uh, <coughs> So today we're going to kind of break down a very specific deal that I'm dealing with my wife, my wife and I, which is a fascinating uh, thing to mention. My wife, my new wife, uh, but uh, we have a a a deal that we have uh, are trying to figure out the best thing to do with it. Um, so it's uh, it's in a town just west of Oklahoma City area, about 35 miles. So I thought I would just kind of ask you, Taylor, you have some Airbnbs I'm trying to decide, should we Airbnb this house or should we rent it out? Um, and I thought maybe we could, you could just kind of live advise me. We can ask questions back and forth and maybe someone else ah. will get value from that. What do you think? I love it. And and by the way, this is one of the things that I love about single family homes is there are multiple ways to do it. it there, mm -hmm. It's not, there's not one exit strategy. You could turn around and sell this. You could turn around rent it out long-term or short-term. So let's, let's dive into it. And I'll talk through some of the resources that I use and I'm, I'm going to do this in a way that anybody can do it. So I'm not using any of my, I have some paid systems that I pay for uh, that give you a lot more data. Um, mm -hmm. but this is a really easy way to just look at it from that you could do or anybody else could do with free online resources to, to help make this decision. Fair. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. By the way, I just want to give a quick shout out. Um, we have Don Manning is watching on Facebook and he posted a question. Uh, have you used equity in one home to purchase another? That's a great question, Don, and we'll address that. Um, maybe not in this episode, but we will definitely address that 
and um, maybe we'll do a short. We'll do some Q and A at the end. Maybe we can yeah. address it in that way. So, yeah, we will. We will address it in the Q and A uh, at the end of this one. So, good question, Don. Thanks for watching. I love you, man. By the way, Don is my neighbor, and he also does yards for us. So, oh, that's does, awesome. Yeah, he does a great job. My yard looks the best it's looked in in ever since ever. So, yeah. uh, because of Don. So, <laughs> thank you, Don. Yeah. Yep. I saw that yard before. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. So, uh, so where do we start, Taylor? I, All right. So, so first off, uh, we've got uh, off show. So we're not grabbing, we're not throwing out address, but we've got off show. I, I got the address from you. Uh, okay. The first thing I want to look at is the tax records, and I want to verify some things. Okay, so I'm going to go through that real quick. Make sure that I have the right information. Okay. So, so the question is, we we have a house we've acquired it already. And we're trying to figure out, we want this to be a long-term hold. Uh, and we're yep. trying to figure out if we should do it like a traditional rental or like a short-term, like Airbnb or something like that. And so yep. that's that's where we are if you're just tuning in. Also, this is the first step I take whenever I'm listing a home or selling a home. Uh, okay. when, I, when I'm looking at a property to invest, this is one of the, I go to this resource all the time. So a lot of counties have free resources out there. I, there are, I, because I'm a real estate agent, I do have paid resources uh, that I can use. But in most cases, if you will Google the county that the property is in and Google that county and then assessor. So for where I live is a Cleveland County assessor. So Google Cleveland County assessor. In most cases, they're going to have free resources for you that are going to have that pub all that public information because all this information is public. You could go to any courthouse in America and pull this information. A lot of them have it online now that you can pull for free, and yep. that makes it a little uh, easier. So I want to verify a couple of things. This is a three-bedroom, correct? Yes, it's three-bed, one-bath, one, bath, one, one car bath, built in 1965. <laughs> Sounds right. Sounds right. Uh, and then, uh, square footage, roughly 975. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Um, so I want to make sure that we've got that. Now we can start to run comps. So by the way, I'm looking at this from three different ways. I'm going to give you the value of the property if you chose to sell it. And then I'll also look at this through the rental, uh, in two different, uh, short-term and long-term. Okay. So, um, one resource that I wanted to share with our, our listeners is, uh, for long-term rental, check out rentometer.com that's rent o meter.com and okay. it's a free resource and you can plug in in most places now this is a little bit more of a urban or a rural town excuse me uh and so uh they didn't have as much data as as they normally do um in most cases especially if you're in a more urban area they're gonna have a lot of data on um active rentals rentals that have 12 month leases and things like that in your area and be able to give you a really pretty accurate idea of what your house would rent for. Okay. However, uh, if, if that doesn't work and I actually usually do this two ways, I usually look at that to kind of get a ballpark estimate. And then I go on and I look at it as if I were a renter, if I'm a renter and I can see what all is available out there right now. Yeah. What am I going to be willing to pay for your property? So, on a scale, Stephen, on a scale of one to 10, 10 yes. being absolutely perfect and one being absolutely trashed, on a scale of one to 10, what's the condition of this property? Seven. Seven. What would make it a 10? Um, 
new floors, new countertops, good paint job, minor repairs outside to like the fascia and things like that. Okay. So it's all cosmetic that would make it a 10. Okay. So by the way, that's a really great question to ask if you're ever like evaluating a sale and you're on the phone with a, a potential client. Okay. Uh, that second follow-up question is really going to give you a lot better of an idea. You know, what would make it a 10? It's going to give you a much better idea of what the condition of the house is actually in. And okay. so I, I leveraged that to because I hadn't seen this. So now I'm going to yeah. look. So now, do you, do you use that question with people who want to list or are you? Always. You, yeah. Okay. Do you use that question when you're looking to buy a house? Yeah. Like, I use that question all the time because it's going to give me, because I've literally had people say a, a, like a five before. And then I asked them like, what would make it a 10? They're like, well, uh, touch up paint and carpet. I'm like, okay, well, we have a very different idea of what a five is. Uh, but I've also had it the other way where someone's like, oh yeah, it's probably like a nine. And I'm like, okay, well, what would that be? And they're like, well, there's a broken window and the paint needs to be redone and the floor needs to be redone. I'm like, that's okay. Well, that's not a nine either. So right. you, you get a much better feel for what your scale is when they actually tell you what it needs. Okay. Um, Okay, so I'm going to hop on Zillow real quick, and I'm looking in uh, the city of El Reno to see what's available on the market right now. Okay. Looks like uh, $800 is the cheapest thing on the market. Everything else is over $1,000. The $800 one is only a two-bedroom, one-bath, where you've got a three-bedroom, one-bath. Um, everything else is going to be a little bit larger. So we got a for $1,300 a month, you could get a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. Um so, you know, if I'm looking on here, three bedroom, two baths all day long at 1300. So we know that we've got something better than the 800 and probably need to stay below the 1300. So it, being that there's a pretty good gap there between uh, that, uh, between the 800 and the 1200 or 1300, mm -hmm. excuse me. I, I think that you can go and it, you're not competing. A two bedroom is not going to be competing with a one bedroom that much, because if you need a three bedroom, you need a three bedroom. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will, will sacrifice on a half bath or a, or a bath. Um, so based off that, if this were my property, I would be expecting to get somewhere in the neighborhood of about 1150 a month in rent. Okay. 1150 uh, a month. Uh, because Before, now would you just, would you just throw it out there at that price? Um, and see what bites you get, or would you, yeah, do any so, verification or so, yeah, I would absolutely. So, what I, I mean, I would, I would take, I take professional photos on everything. Uh, it really does make a difference because people are shopping online nowadays, even for a rental. Um, so I would have professional photos taken and then I'd put it up for like the 1150, uh, I'm you know, maybe 1175 and see what kind of applications I get now. Remember, this is a market. So you're trying your best to get the most that you can, and they're trying to get the spend the least that they can. So you've got to figure out where that middle ground is. So here's what happens is that, let's say I put it up for eleven fifty and I get a lot of applicants. Great. I can I can pick from the best of those applicants. But if I only get one or two, I want more applicants than that. One or two applicants, unless you just have like a killer applicant that, mm. it, that looks really good on paper yeah. i really would prefer to have more than that so that i mm. can choose 
what is the best. And I would rather lower the price and get a higher quality tenant than get $50 a month more and have a headache the rest of my uh, experience with that tenant. So how many applicants would you say you need in order to determine that you're in kind of the good range? If I don't have at least four or five applicants, I don't really feel like I'm priced right. I need with, more than that. Within the first week, the first weekend, the first yeah, month? In today's, day. well, okay, and this is all subject <laughs> to the market, but in today's market, in, in, the, uh, in our area, yeah, in the first week, you should have, I mean, you should have more than five. If not, you're probably overpriced. And- and you're probably going to be struggling to, to get that filled with a quality tenant and okay. things that I look for, for a quality tenant. I want to know that they have, I, I, I want to know that they have a, a credit score that is damageable. And that sounds kind of mean, but I, I want them to have something that they could lose. Right. So if they have a 400 credit score, like there's nothing there to stop them from stopping paying me. There's no repercussion really. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, one, I want to make sure they've never had an eviction. I don't want eviction history that that's not okay. Um, two, uh, I want to make sure that they're making three times, whatever the rent is household income. So if rent's a thousand dollars, I want to see $3,000 a month coming in. Uh, I will negotiate on that or I'm willing to flex on that a little bit, but that's really what I want to see is a three times for the household income. Because if it's half and you hit a tight month, the first thing to go is the thing that takes up half of your income, right? So I, and I don't want that to be because I'm still making my payment. Uh, so I need them to make theirs. So, uh, so I like to see about a, a one, a, at least three times is what I prefer. And I really like to see above a 620 credit score. Um, if there's, there can be exceptions to that. I, I, I had a tenant one time, <clears throat> fantastic just a little bit under that because they had declared bankruptcy after a divorce like three years back and it was still kind of taking them time to recover from that um but even in that it there was a reason there was a life event that happened so um that that's a little different so So, uh let me jump in a little bit so where where would you where would you post this to market it so you can go Facebook Marketplace, you can do Craigslist, but Zillow is now they charge. It's minimal per listing. I, I can't remember. Uh, you, or you can list it with a property manager. So it depends on your strategy. If you're going to go on your, if are you hiring a great property manager and then they're taking care of all this for you? Or are you going on on your own? If you're going on your own, I would absolutely pay for the Zillow listing because Zillow uh, does have a lot of, that's where a lot of people are going to find you. Gotcha. Um, and then what, what, uh, you use a third party source for your applications now, don't you? You know what, uh, there, I use a third party source for management, but I actually started, and this is an interesting thing. Like I don't pay a property manager because I'm pretty mm-hmm. comfortable, um, doing a lot of the property management side myself, writing right. the contracts and everything. However, I did start paying somebody I know that does property management for tenant placement. I was tired of like going and, opening the door and all of this stuff. I want to see the screen. I want to see the application and see what they look like on paper. That's what I care about. I don't. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll pay, I paid $250 to, for somebody to place a tenant uh, on a few different occasions. And that, that to me was a time saver that was worth that investment for me. That seems really low to me. It, it seemed really reasonable to me. Um, and, you know, I don't know what everyone else would charge, but, but I found a, a realtor in our office that does property management 
and uh, paid them $250 for tenant placement. And that was a huge time saver. And then I don't have the ongoing monthly fee because now I'm responsible for it if they stop paying or whatever, but right. I don't have that, that time. Right. So uh, based off what we're looking at, I'm going to say that we should look at around 1150 is what we should run our numbers on okay. uh, for a monthly, uh, monthly rent. Do um, I need to have the house at a 10 for that? No, uh, no, I'm accounting like when looking at these, like most of these are rent ready. I think what you described is, is close to rent ready. I mean, depends on the flooring, uh, yeah. but touch up paint, uh, you, you go and do your touch up paint and then, yeah. um, it's not in perfect condition, but some of these houses that are really nice, I mean, like there's a three bedroom, one and a half bath, it's 2000 square feet, but it's 1500 a month. So, but right. it's a lot, it looks pretty, it looks really nice. So I look into that and you account for condition. I'd say 1100, 1150 is really uh, reasonable for, for what you've, you described to me or what I think the house is. Okay. Uh, so switching gears now, if we're looking at comparing this to short-term rental, I'm going to yeah. head over to what's airdna.com. So airdna.com. Yep. A-I-R-D-N-A.com. And uh, I'm going in with an unpaid version. Uh, so it's more limited in what kind of data it gives, but it does give some critical data. So type in the city. You can go You can go specific into zip code. So like, you know, Oklahoma City is a huge city. That's not fair. Put in a zip code so you can really figure it out a little closer. Um, mm -hmm. El Reno being what it is, it's a small enough city that we can look at the just the city. There's... We really need yeah. the whole city to get an idea. Yeah. Quick, quick question. I searched airdna.com. Mm. I'm not getting I'm so it. sorry. Airdna.co. They dropped the, there's no M. Oh, okay. Hold on. Glad that wasn't an inappropriate website. Right. <laughs> okay. Airdna.co. Okay. So and you just type in the. And then, so I got, I went, typed in El Reno. Here's what it tells me. And this is all free. Uh, that the average nightly rate, uh, so there's five active rentals uh, that you'd be competing with. The average nightly rate is $155 a night. And the average occupancy rate right now is 68%. Um, most people are only on Airbnb. 60% uh, are only on Airbnb. Zero are only on VRBO and 40% are listed on both. Okay. Um, the, uh, so with that, and these are uh, four of them are entire homes. One of them is a private room. That's not going to be a comp, but of the entire homes um, we're looking at. So we're looking, if we were just to take the average rates, of these and by the way let's see one of them is a two bedroom two bath mm -hmm. uh one of them is a three bedroom one and a half bath mm -hmm. and the other one is a one bedroom one bath um and then the last one is a four bedroom two bath and that one averages 175 a night uh the two two averages thirty one thirty four a night, and the three one and a half averages one sixty a night. So if we're looking at one hundred and fifty dollars 
a night and an average occupancy rate of 68%. So we'll take 30 days times 0.68. It's going to put us at 20 days. Uh, so 20 nights times 150 a night puts you at $3,000 in gross revenue. Mm -hmm. um, and a reasonable rule of thumb is about 40% of that's going to be expenses. So um, that'll cover your your utilities and things like that. Now, if you really wanted to do this right and the way you really want to underwrite this, this is a back of the napkin scenario, right? But I would take that number, the 3,000, then I would actually go in and figure out what are my, what were my average over the last 12 months? What's my average? Yeah. Uh, everything, all the utilities, figure that out, figure out what your expenses are going to be, and then back that off. For a back of the napkin, let's just go with 40%. So I'm going to put times 0.6 to get what the 60% would be. That'd be $1,800 a month. So you're comparing $1,800 a month to $1,150 a month. So uh, as to which would be better. Now, remember, Air like Airbnb, you're going to be making... Uh, 11, oops, 50, oops. Uh, so you're making $650 a month more with Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Yet you are going to be spending more time handling this in comparison to a long-term rental. And so that's one of those pieces that you've got to figure out what's best for you and your lifestyle, right? Like if you're willing to have conversations because you can do it from anywhere. I mean, you could do this from a beach or you can do this on a vacation or you can do it from home or work, but you are going to have constant communication and that communication needs to be uh, very quick. It can't be that you're responding the next day. Um, mm. Especially if they're asking you know, how I can't get the AC to come on, you know, or something silly like that. Um, you've got to be able to be available and that's the downside but you're adding $600 a month to your cash flow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're actually considering this. So talk to me about what you're thinking right now. So this right now we we're thinking, <clears throat> we're thinking that this area um, might be a city that we could invest more in longer term. Okay. So, um, we have family there. We have history there. It's, it's a place that we don't mind driving a lot. Okay. okay. Um, we, at this point, it would be our only property there. I used to have several, I actually started my real estate journey in this city, in this small town. And then now it's kind of coming full circle. So we, we think it might be a place we could invest more. Okay. That but in terms of like demand and, you know, and, and opportunities like maybe there are not a lot of great rentals there. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And so if we handle things really well, we, we think we could do well there in the rental market. Um, so that might look like, okay, Airbnb might not be a bad option. We're already planning to be out there a lot anyway, but then right now it's our only one. Right. And for 650 bucks, it's a 40 minute drive from my place. Right. And <clears throat> what all kind of, like what all kind of support am I going to have to have? I'm going to have to have, um, well, let me ask you some follow-up questions. And this is what I'm thinking. Like, I'm going to have to have a really good house cleaner. Um, and I have to have someone to do like go in and like check it all out after they move out. 
And like, is that figured into the 40% cost? So our cleaning fees are actually passed on to the guests. So that's how we do it. So um, when, when you stay at, at, when you book with Airbnb, you've got that nightly rate, but then there's also a cleaning fee and we okay. just pass that on to the guests. So uh, some of our places may be a $90 cleaning fee. Other places may be like we, the cabin, the big cabin, it takes a lot. So it's a $180 cleaning fee. And so um, it just depends on what that is, but you've got to have killer cleaning staff and you need a good available maintenance person. So the money we're talking at, um, <clears throat> so the money we're talking, the, the money we're talking, the, so when you say this is the gross income from an Airbnb and 40% of that will be expenses, the cleaning fees are outside of that. Right. So I'm talking about mowing the lawn. I'm talking about, um, you know, just the regular kind of maintenance on it. Then you've got okay. your utilities, uh, you've, you know, your cable or whatever your internet mm -hmm. that you're providing all of those expenses and mm -hmm. by the way, your your electric bill is going to go up probably 20, 30% from what you live. Okay. Because people don't. Yeah, they don't take care not, of it. They're not conservative about it. Yeah. So I, I, another follow-up question I have is, now this house is furnished right now. Yeah. But it's probably going to have to have some furnishings. Sure. Now, two questions. One is related to the furnishings. Um. I assume we can find lists of what all exactly a house needs, how nice those furnishings need to be, I assume. Yeah. Um, talk and about that for a minute. Yeah. So, uh, so we haven't ever done it on the cheap. We, we, we chose when we started Stays by Davis, we chose to be in the demographic of people that wanted to stay at a nice place and it was well furnished. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are, there are kind of two different models and I've seen people that, you know, there it's like the futon and, you know, just the very basic necessity and it's a lower <laughs> nightly rate. We wanted to go with a clientele that was going to be a little, little higher end clientele. And so we chose to spend a little bit more on the front end. Um, you need all of the furnishings and people, they need, you know, you need forks and knives and spoons and yeah. bed sheets and all, all the stuff yeah. you can go cheap on it yet. It, it, you're a, you're designing it to a certain clientele, whether you're being intentional with it or not, you're attracting a certain type of mm -hmm. person. And so, right. um, you know, you can use those furnishings and then just incorporate, uh, different things, uh, to add, you know, any missing pieces or, or, uh, you know, update a couple of things to make it look right or look mm -hmm. its best. Um, but you, you know, I, I liked, again, I like to dig in here and actually like go through, okay. If I, if I'm renting a, a house in, um, El Reno, am I going to pick your house or this house based off that price? Right. That's how I'm going to do it. So I'm going to look at what my competition is offering. And this, uh, uh, while this says it's $115 a night, you know, I'm looking at one of your comps, um, right. It's, it's not at, are you looking at Airbnb for that? So, yeah. So I'll go back real quick and I'll show you. So AirDNA, you know, they'll show you these, the map and uh, give you some, some details on it. So it's showing an average of $134 a night. So that's what I'm going to go after or go off of, because that's going to be an average of the last 12 months where 
that 115 is like the cheapest this month is how they mm-hmm. can, in, until I select dates. That's how Air D, Airbnb is going to show me. But then you you can click on the link and it pulls up the the actual Airbnb and you can see that we're not dealing with our real updated furnishings, right? Yeah. Like this is it's clean, it's charming, but it's it's uh it's dated, right? Um, so we account for that when we are looking at our competition and we're running numbers because we could go up in our 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 nightly rate if we have nicer furnishings, right? Um, so, so again, it's going to look, I'm going to look at the market. I'm going to determine what I need to do to stay within there. I was running it off of kind of the average, which isn't Mm -hmm. super nice. Um, so it's not like you're going to have to completely refurnish it, but you Mm -hmm. do want to make it cute. You want to make it charming. You want to make it inviting, by the way, light colors go a long way. Um, making something feel cleaner. Um, so, um, so a couple of follow-up questions. Um, and then some specifics that I'm thinking is, uh, and maybe we're getting too much in the weeds. I don't know if people will be interested in this or not. This is a legit deal that I'm working on now. <clears throat> so we are getting into the weeds here. But um, when it comes to like the countertops, when it comes to like the quality of the windows and things like that, I mean, like, do those kind of things affect the rental revenue on an Airbnb or not? Yes. In yes, because you it, the the nicer the property the more like you know it if, <laughs> if it is a nicer property you're going to have a higher occupancy rate if you're at the same price as your competition uh or you could even keep the occupancy rate that your competition has and get a higher nightly rate does that make sense yes so uh, to us it's like worth that initial capital investment to make sure that we're getting some of those that, that higher end we can, because then I'll take the comps and be able to kind of allocate that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the, there are certain things that um, you need, for example, like you need egress from your bedrooms. So if it's a bedroom, there needs to be a way to get right. out. Those windows need to open and close, but I have windows that are super old. I just need to make sure that they're functional. Yeah. Um and you got to protect yourself on the basics. Like you got to make sure you got your carbon monoxide detector, your smoke detector, things like yeah. that, that are going to yeah. create uh, a light or prevent a liability. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to do that though. You just need yeah. to run your comps and, it, and understand that that's going to adjust accordingly. Right. So maybe a couple of, a little more information. One is this house currently has an above ground pool in the backyard. Okay. Do you have opinions on that or yeah. do you have any, any information that add value or, you know, I don't, I've never done an above ground pool. I don't know what that'll look like. We have two, two of our Airbnbs have pools. Yeah. And they do so well, especially during the summer. Now they're in ground pools, but those stay so occupied. We're able to charge more for them. Um, we did, you know, we, we did make sure that they're enclosed with self-closing gates and things like that. We did add mm-hmm. a million dollar liability policy just in case uh, something were to happen because a pool is a lot of liability. Um, and, uh, and so I would do those things. Yeah. But I love the idea. I, I think a, I think a pool is, is, a, is very much a differentiator in the market, especially during summer. 
So if you're able to charge more for it, because there's not that many houses out there with a pool and you've got one of them. <clears throat> and so we've been able to charge a lot more on those particular ones. And those are actually our two of our three top performing Airbnbs have pools. Okay. So, and a thought that we've had is this, because we do have significant close family in this town and we do travel a lot and we plan to travel more and more. Our part of our, our thinking with Airbnb was there's the pool there that we both like. There's, we thought it's a small house. We can both hang out there. Like when we go to visit family, <clears throat> we thought, I thought, man, let's throw a hot tub out there on the back porch. Right now, the back porch has like a sitting area and a table. It's kind of like a nice patio. Uh, and I thought about putting a hot tub out there instead of the, you know, just to make it more appealing for an Airbnb. And then if we go hang out for a weekend or for a week or whatever to see family members, um, then we can also chill there right. or host right. people there ourselves. And so that way, if we fix it the way that it would be relatively comfortable for us, Anyway, that was another thing. Does that add any thoughts to you on this being potential Airbnb or would that be yeah. too much? So it, it does add a lot, a piece of maintenance that you've got to consider in an expense. But I, I, so we have not done, we've considered this, but in our Norman market, we have not done air, uh, not Airbnbs, uh, hot tubs. We haven't done hot tubs in our Norman market. We have a hot tub at our cabin in Broken Bow. That is, and the reason we did that is, you know, cabins and Broken Bow are a destination. Like that is what, part of what you're going for is just the experience of staying at a cabin in the woods. Yeah. And so you're going to be spending a lot of time there. And it's nice to have these amenities that keep you there. And you'll actually do better with having those. Like if we didn't have a hot tub, our our nightly occupancy rate would drop significantly. Um, however, that's not the market in Norman. And one of the downsides to it is it's a, it's a lot of maintenance. We actually, every turnover, we drain that hot tub completely, fill it up with new water and oh. put chemicals in it uh, because people are disgusting. <laughs> so uh, so we just, <laughs> we just make that a, a routine because I don't want to get in a hot tub where I don't know who was there last. So we, we just made that part of our cleaning crew, which also adds to the $180 a night. Uh, or uh, a cleaning is we're draining a hot tub, cleaning it, filling it back up, putting new chemicals in it. So there's an expense to that. Um, and it, it also adds to your electric bill because you're, you're heating that water back up. So it makes a lot of sense in certain markets. I don't know that it makes a lot of sense in all the markets. And that's why we haven't done it in Norman, but right. I'd be very curious because one of these comps, that I looked at, it actually does say uh, it's called the yellow cottage with an inviting hot tub. So they have a hot tub. So you may be able to, um, you, you've got some competition that has that one fifth of your competition. And uh, <laughs> so it may, it may be worth it, but there are added expenses to that. And you just got to calculate that out. So knowing what you know, at this point, what would you do if you were me? I don't like the, it's, it's another thing that can go wrong. I would keep, since you have the pool there, I would keep the pool. Yeah. I would, uh, I would secure it and make sure yeah. it's, you know, not a huge liability, but I would absolutely advertise that. That'll be great during the summer months. Obviously mm -hmm. it's going to be closed in the winter. 
-hmm. but uh, I think that that would be, I would keep that. I would probably not add a hot tub. Plus, dude, like, I mean, you can buy, you can get used hot tubs on Marketplace for cheap sometimes. We, we actually, we had a really bad experience with that one time and it, we paid some money for one and it didn't work. So when we, we just bought a new hot tub for the cabin. They mm. are so freaking expensive right now. They've literally doubled in price in the last two years. Wow. So uh, the, the hot tub that we bought for down there was $12,000. Oh, man. It was insane. Yeah. Uh, and that that that's a big hit on your yeah. profitability. Uh, yeah. So final verdict: If you were me, would you long term rent this house or would you Airbnb it? So based off everything you've said, because mm. you're going to be going there, because you've got family there, you don't have a place to stay if you sell it, right? Yeah. Or if you were to uh, yeah. long term rent it, uh, and because you want to build more there, you also don't have a lot of competition. I would, and it's already mostly furnished, right? Because one of the biggest expenses to an Airbnb up front is the furnishing. I mean, right. We, we, the last one we did, we spent over 20 grand on furnishing a house, you know, from a completely empty house to fully furnished. That's a lot of money as well. And right. so, uh, based off everything you've said, I would try it. Okay. Worst case scenario, a month or two later, you go, ah, I don't want to do this. Let's long term it. But, yeah. It seems like there's enough advantages outside of just investing in like just the Airbnb dynamic yeah. that makes it probably worth it. Okay. It's good. I love it, man. So there you have it from the expert, the Airbnb guy. Thanks for your advice. And all, well, it, cost, all it cost me was doing this podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> cost you a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Well, this is probably about, uh, this is the longest podcast we've had ever. So we should probably wrap it up. Should, yeah, we should probably wrap it up. But um, do you, do you have time? Can we record another one today? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, we've got, if you're watching live, we're about to record another episode. So hang around on this same page and we will also do some Q and a at the end of that one. So, and we'll uh, answer Don's question. Yep. We'll answer Don. So Don, if you're, if you're watching, hang around, we're going to answer your question. We also have a question from uh, Larry McCall. We will look at that as well. So uh, thank you guys so much for watching The Real Investing Show. This is episode nine where the great Taylor Davis answered my questions about whether or not I should long-term rent or make an Airbnb out of a house that we have acquired in El Reno, Oklahoma. Thanks a lot, Taylor. We'll see you on the next show. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen.